Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Where are we going? Let's go. We're going to Minnesota. Oh, but it's so cold. Yeah, evidently when this was being made, it was really cold hey. as well. 1984, Minnesota. Don't you know? Yeah, don't you know? This week was my pick. I decided to do the cult classic. Purple, Purple Ray. Ray. Purple Ray. We'll let her take it because that's better than mine. Well, that, that says a lot. So what are the particulars? The particulars. Where are they on my paper? Oh, here we go. Purple Her Rain. Boxes. Ni- <laughs> 1984. My scribblings of a mad woman. They will lock me up if someone ever came. Up. That's why I throw them away every every week. Like, they'll lock me up if anyone sees these notes. Because nothing is spelled correctly. <laughs> I didn't even spell Apollonia correctly after I knew how to spell it. I just put apple. No reason for two P's and two L's. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just condensed it to AP. It was released July 27th, 1984. One day before the big man made his appearance. My last day of being an only child. Yes, it was. Its budget was $7.2 million. It was directed by Albert Mangol- Magnoli. I knew I was going to butcher that. He edited the film Reckless. He also did American Anthem. He did Party Man, which is a Prince music video. He did Street Night. Did the TV movie Born to Run, Dark Planet. He did an episode of 1997's Nash Bridges. He was one of four directors that put together Tango and Cash. Um, it was written by uh, William Blinn, who he has, man, this guy, he'd been around. He, he worked on Rawhide, Gunsmoke. He wrote Brian's song. He worked on oh. Roots. He created Starsky and Hutch, Eight is Enough, Our House, and Fame. Um, his original screenplay, or his screenplay was much darker. And then Albert Mangoli came in and rewrote it. The music, which is the score, basically, because, the I mean, the music is by Prince, but the score mm-hmm. is by Michael Columbier. He... Did the score for Against All Odds, White Knights, The Money Pit, Ruthless People, The Golden Child, Who's Harry Crumb, New Jack City, Deep Cover, Posse, Woo, and How Stella Got Her Groove Back, just to name a few. Dang. What a varied career this man had. Wow. The director of photography was Donald E. Thorin. He did Thief. An Officer and a Gentleman, Against All Odds, Wildcats, my personal favorite film from the 80s. He also did Midnight Run, Tango and Cash, Scent of a Woman, The First Wives Club, and Head of State. Wow. It was edited by Albert Mangoli as well. The cast. It stars as The Kid. One Prince Rogers Nelson. He was also in Under the Cherry Moon, which he directed, Sign of the Times, Graffiti Bridge, which is said to be a sequel, 
of this film and TV. He was in Muppets Tonight and The New Girl. Uh, he was 26 when he did this. The album, Purple Rain, which everybody knows, it was his sixth album. Apollonia Cotero. Is that how you say it? I, don't I know. have no idea. Apollonia. She was an actress and model. She was in Chips, Knight Rider, Fantasy Island. Um, she replaced, oh, also Falcon Crest. She replaced Denise Vanity Matthews in Vanity Six after she um, she resigned from her position shortly before the movie commenced to filming. Morris Day as Morris. He was the lead singer of the time. He was also in Graffiti Bridge. He was in Richard Pryor's Moving. He was in 227 with Academy Award winning actress Regina King. Uh, it also. Wow. <laughs> I like, hey, I like, I had to, to bring it back to Regina King. But she must have been really young. You don't remember Regina King in 227? I do not. She was the daughter. Oh man, I never put that together. Yeah, that's what, the whole wow. time because I was always like, oh yeah, she was in 227. Wow. Yeah, Ma, you don't. We used to watch 227. Yeah, but I didn't know that was Regina King at the time. Yes, I was like, she's going places. That girl. That girl. That girl's going places. You know, she was right also... Right stage to get her Academy Award. Mm -hmm. You know, she was also the voice in the Boondocks TV show, the yep. animated TV show. She played Huey and... Oh, I forget his brother's name. Based on the comic strip, the Boondocks. I know what you're talking about. No, I did not mm -hmm. know she was a voice in there. She was both of the voices of the two main kids. <laughs> She's, she's, this woman's so talented. There's nothing she can't do. No, nothing she can't do. That's why she's in every cast that we do. In the yeah. recastables. Morris Day. He was Morris. Lead singer of the time. Oh, I already. <laughs> she yeah. threw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> I get sidetracked on Regina King. Every time we every go down time. the Regina King rabbit hole. It all ties back to the king. Olga Carlatos played... Was that the blonde? She played the mother. Oh, wow. We hardly saw her. This I had to lift this directly from Wikipedia because it made me laugh at the laundromat. Quote, a retired Greek actress and Bermadian lawyer known primarily for performing in Italian horror cinema. <laughs> She was in Murder Rock and Once Upon a Time in America, to name a few. She ended up... Because I, I was like, oh, wait, she's Greek. How did she become a lawyer in Bermuda? So she went, she got her law degree in the United States, and then she married like a guy in the film industry, and they settled in the Bahamas, and she was accepted into the Bahama bar place in 2010. So she's a lawyer in the Bahamas. I believe I'd be accepted in a bar in the Bahamas as well. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Drink. Clarence Williams III, he played yep. Father, a.k.a. Francis L. He was Link in the Mod Squad. He was Link in the Mod Squad. 
You watched The Mod Squad, didn't you, Ma? I watched The Mod Squad. Uh, he was in real life a paratrooper in C Company, 506th Infantry, 101st Airborne Division. Mm. He was in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Half Bait, Twin Peaks, Deep Cover, Reindeer Games, Justified, American Gangster. He's in so many TV things. I was trying to remember where I knew him from the best. But I don't remember. Well, mine would be Mod Squad. But I, I also believe that he was married to Tyne Daly for a time. In real life? Yeah. Huh. I don't think so. But maybe. Okay. Vamp. I will. And we have Jerome Benton, who played Jerome. in, And he was like a kind of a member of the time his brother is terry lewis who is the bassist in the time and then he went on to produce janet jack a lot of janet jackson's greatest hits with his producing partner jimmy jam jimmy jam and terry lewis aaron what was link's uh link's last name terrence clarence what clarence williams the third thank you go ahead and Jerome Benton was also in Under the Cherry Moon and Graffiti Bridge. So, let me set the table while Ma continues to see if Link from the Mod Squad was married to Tyne Daly. So, the movie... St- oh, you have something? No, go ahead. Well, that sounded very... um. Hmm. I, so far, it's not looking good. Yeah, I... Uh... That, that seems to be something in Marvel. That seems to be, what, what do they call it? When fan fiction? <laughs> in fan fiction where you have Clarence Williams III and Time Daly in a marriage. The Mod Squad meets Cagney and Lacey. So this movie starts off, it's a Warner Brothers production and, uh, you know, if what is the quote? If the oh man, if the elevator elevator's gonna bring ah, uh, I'm I'm butchering it. It's the beginning of Let's Go Crazy, and it's just fun. It's Prince. Well, they were together from 1990 to 1999. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Go ahead with yourself. Well, no, I was vampy. I didn't take notes, so I was forgetting. I forgot how the movie uh, took place. I had to talk myself into it. It was Let's Go Crazy, right? It was Let's Go Crazy. Yes. At the First Avenue Club. Yes, which is a a real club in Minneapolis. Where a lot of people actually got to start for real, because that's what they said in the film. I think so. I mean, like that's, that's Prince's backyard. And um, did he have what we call a jerry curl? Ah, you know what? I'm not the person to ask. Prince's hair has always baffled me. I never know what is real and what is a wig and what isn't. It's always fascinated me. So I don't think I don't think it was a jerry curl because it looked very dry. It, it looked dry. But it was quite... Cur- Actually, somebody said it was permed. Yeah, he had a, a permed do. Okay. 
So we have Let's Go Crazy going on in the background. A taxi pulls up, a girl gets out, cuts back to the concert. She rents this cheap room from somebody. And and as they're showing him on stage doing Let's Go Crazy, I wrote, no wonder his knees gave out. Oh, print it. It was it was his hip. His oh, was hip it his hip? Yeah, he had horrible hip pain. No wonder mm-hmm. high heel, high heels. Jumping up and down and landing on those high heels. Mm. Yeah. He okay. was so athletic. We have a lot of 80s hair, clothes, and makeup. No, tons of like 80s eye makeup. Which does not need to be repeated. Speaking of which, Prince also wore the eye makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we have Dude enters the bar. I wrote Dude, then I found out that was Morris Day. Yeah, Morris Day. The girl comes in asking to see the manager. She sees Prince. He goes into a guitar solo. And then the next act comes on stage. And Prince comes out and sees Apollonia. Um he gets on his, his purple motorcycle and goes to a very middle class home. And he hears yelling at the door. His mom and dad are fighting. Well, and he's in full Prince regalia. Full Prince regalia. Mm-hmm. I call it the those, full Prince. Those pants had to be hard to button and unbutton. I know. And this was before stretch, right, Ma? Oh, yes. Wow. This was before Lycra became Lycra, became everybody's best friend. Yeah. And so I don't know how he didn't split those pants. And he's, I don't remember in in the Seinfeld puffy shirt episode if anybody ever said that he was like Prince, but I'm like, that's a puffy shirt. It was totally the puffy shirt. I almost wrote it down, as a matter of fact. But Seinfeld stole the puffy shirt from Prince. Yeah. And it didn't do either of them any favor. Well, Prince always said that. Okay, I have more to talk about that okay. later. Okay, so um, there's yelling at the door that Prince goes in to try to help his mom. And what's he going to do? He, he was a tiny dude. Prince um, the guy. dad knocks him down. Um, I did notice in that opening number, they weren't showing his high heels. Oh. Yeah. Only when he jumped up on the piano, and that was really a, sh- uh, a short clip of it. So I thought, are they going to try to show that that he's actually taller than he is by not showing his high heels? No, but because we saw they, him later. Yeah, you see him a lot. They were all over this film. So then Morris Day, who co- who is the actor, that comes out after the revolution, mm-hmm. Princess Band, is talking to the club manager and he's talking about getting rid of the boy. And I felt like it was because he was threatened by Prince's um, um, musical ability. It had but, to be. Well, go ahead. But, um, but he was, the manager was kind of following along with her and they were saying how um, the boy was just like his father, he never, um, <laughs> uh, I almost said he's never satisfied. That's <laughs> later. That's later. Uh, you know, he, he just doesn't ever reach his full potential. He's always late. Which I thought that, like, I'm sitting there watching this and there, you know, Prince comes on and goes, let's do, let's go crazy. Which 
everybody knows that riff. Dun, 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 dun. I'm just like, man, I, I was loving it. I'm like, this is a great song. And then the time come up and I'm like, yeah. And then the, the audacity of this man to come up to the the promoter guy, the club manager, and say, we got to get rid of this kid. He's just he, he's just not working out and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what show are you watching, buddy? He just yeah. did Let's Go Crazy. Do you yeah. not know that that's a hit? <laughs> so that was and, always yeah. funny to me in this whole thing. And so Morris Day is saying, you know, I think you ought to do a girl band because I heard the girls in uh, the revolution want to leave because they don't get any respect there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then uh, we meet Lisa and Wendy, the two girls, and they're um, they're not happy because they don't get any respect, and they don't. Uh, Lisa and Wendy in real life w- were um, a couple, mm-hmm. and they there was a item. kiss in the film, but the, it was cut out. Was it was a lot time. cut out for time constraint, and I'm like, this movie was already what two hours? Yeah. <laughs> Then we meet Jerome. We might have met him before. Jerome is the person who takes care of Morris because he needs a lot of taking care of. He constantly needs a mirror held up to him. Yeah, Morris Day, he's the the classic foil, the bad guy. You know, he's the... Who who was the guy in the... um, Who am I thinking of in Popeye? Who's always Bruno. Yeah, he's like the Bruno, you know? He's the bad guy, but and you laugh at him, too. Um, but he he does do a lot of, uh, I say loosely, comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because Morris Day, he couldn't, I've never really seen the, the, okay, he can be saying a sentence and he gives the line reading and it is absolutely fantastic and it's hilarious and I'm like, he nailed it. And then the very next sentence, be awful. Yeah. It, it, this guy went, his performance was the most uneven thing I've ever seen. It, I was, at first I loved it. And then I was like, oh, it's, it's, he's not good. And then it was just, no, he, that, but that was good. But that wasn't good. It was so back and forth, like a light switch on and off within the same scene, often within the same paragraph of dialogue he's speaking that I came back around to be like, this is genius <laughs> because what is going on? Yeah. Um, so Morris is watching the dancers and he says that the dancers, uh, that his dancers for his act and he's saying they need somebody more exciting because he's already seen Apollonia and he is smitten. Mm-hmm. He's also a ladies' man. It, yeah. And um, he says, uh, and so Jerome goes, you want, uh, you know, I can take you to Apollonia. And he goes, no, no, no. She has to come to me. I'm the only star in this town. Okay. So then Prince and Apollonia connect and they ride on the motorcycle. And um, I said his hair wasn't moving at all, and hers was whipping all over on that motorcycle. Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just thought okay. his hair was just, his hair knew we're Prince's hair. We're not going to mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> Do not fuck this up. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, Apollonia, they're at a river. I, I thought it was a river. Anyway, it's supposed to be Apollon- a lake, the Lake Meta. No, it's not the Lake Minnetonka. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Apollonia is saying all she ever dreams about is making it. And will you help me? And he says, no. And she's like, what? And he says, no, because you wouldn't pass the initiation. And so. Yeah, but he's doing it like he's Prince. Like, you know, it's like, no, because you wouldn't pass the initiation. Like, he's he's very much like, ah, this is Prince. And then, then you, it's how you imagine when you hear all the Prince stories, how print, how he was just, what is the word, like coy? He was Prince. Okay. Because it sure wasn't acting. Okay. So he says, no, the initiation is purifying yourself in Lake Minnetonka. And so she goes, okay. And so she, of course, disrobes. And he's going, wait a minute. No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And she jumps in the lake, which uh, it was November. And she actually went in that lake and almost got hypothermia. Nerd alert. She went into the lake in Minnesota. But when she got out of the lake, that was shot in Los Angeles. Because mm-hmm. it was too cold. Mm-hmm. And then when she gets out, he goes, but that wasn't Lake Minnetonka. (laughs) Okay. Then they draw, he drives off, leaves her there, you know, naked and afraid. Yeah. (laughs) Then he comes back and there's just cute little banter. Okay. How'd she get her pants back on? Because she was wearing like a leather outfit. And she was very quick to disrobe. I'm not judging. I just, me personally, but hey, she wants to, I, uh, can I even say? I don't know. But anyway, that's what happens. She jumps in. She jumps out. She, she gets all of her clothes and stuff. And I'm like, how do you think you're going to get those pants back on, young lady? You, yeah. Those are leather pants. You are cold and soaking wet. This was not thought through. That's right. And if you ever watched the episode of Friends where Ross tried to use baby powder to help him <laughs> with his leather pants, you find out it just didn't work. Okay, well, at this point, I wrote the word acting in some question marks because I just didn't feel like the acting was very good. I give, I give Prince... It, it is very uneven, but he isn't an actor. And it is kind of autobiographical. His lack, I how do I say this? He did what he needed to do so that he wasn't, it was very rare that I was like, ooh, that wasn't good. That, like it wasn't Prince's lack of acting that I faulted. Because he just has so much charisma that he really doesn't need to say anything. Okay. You're just like, what? And you're like, man, it's Prince. Man, look at He's just, ah, he's, and it actually worked with this character because when his character's on the stage, he's effortless. He exudes charisma. And you can tell like, oh, this is where he's meant to be. And it's when he's off stage that he's very awkward and shy and, can't process emotions and all of that kind of stuff and it is a weird like how much of this is 
real? Like how much of this is autobiographical and how much of this isn't? Because we're you you hear like all the people's stories about Prince and stuff and everybody like when he died, it was fun reading all of the stories about people who had of Prince and the like weird stuff and kind of shy and then how he would kind of lean into what people thought that he was. And then as soon as he gets behind a microphone, though, you're just like, who is this this guy? Like he's so effortless at performing. Yeah, I didn't feel like the musical numbers, this was a musical, mm -hmm. that that, was, that wasn't him acting, that was him being, well, that was him acting as his persona of Prince on stage. Yeah. So I didn't give him credit for acting when it came to his persona on stage. Maybe that was uh, wrong of me. But I wonder, I think that's the thing that makes this movie endure is because you wonder how much of that awkwardness, how much like, like when we look in, it's easy to say like, oh, he's a bad actor. Could it be that, I mean, the man's a musical genius and an yes. outstanding performer. So what if like that's where he felt the most comfortable and when he wasn't there in, in real life, like I wonder if you met Prince in real life, would you be like, oh my gosh, he wasn't, horribly acting he's just awkward when he's not that's true comfortable doing yeah. something with music very like, almost like this weird asperger's kind of thing right very possible where he oh he seems like a full human being when he's performing because that's where he's just the most comfortable and when he's not he's just a super awkward human being correct okay well let's see um, the girls have made a tape of a song and um, they have someone give it to Prince to listen to. And at this point I wrote, he's, he's really insecure because he only wants to do his own music because he doesn't want anything to be better than his own music. Nerd alert. That though, the real Prince in real life, he was very willing to collaborate with people. And with his bandmates and stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then Jerome and Morris Day get into this whole what password bit. And it's like the Abbott and Costello who's on first. Which I, I like. I'm a sucker for it. <laughs> oh, you liked it? I did. What? Who? What? I was yeah. like, oh, this is Abbott and Costello. Look at them sprinkling this in here. This movie's got everything. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, it's no, nobody is talking about the famous what bit from Purple Rain, but I like that they, they, they put it in there and they, they're an homage. Right, and it was a comic relief. Mm -hmm. Okay, then um, he starts to listen to the girl's song, it, which was on a cassette, 1984. And he stops it. He doesn't listen anymore. Okay, because more. the audience knows. OMG. Wendy and Lisa wrote Purple Rain. In the movie. In the movie version of Purple Rain. Okay. Morris and Apollonia meet. Um, he, he, he asks for the best champagne to be brought to her. And they bring martini glasses to drink champagne. I didn't even notice. What a snob you are. 
And Morris is trying really hard to impress her. She is gorgeous. Um, okay, so then we have uh, the revolution and um, Prince is playing the piano. Um, baby, 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 is it him? He's singing right to Apollonia, or is it me? He's got on his lace gloves, his ruffs, ruffles, his jewelry, and his eye makeup. Um, did anyone ask, is, is, was Prince pansexual, metrosexual? This, that's bisexual? the craziest thing about it to me is that, like, I always liked Prince, but I always, I liked Michael Jackson. I liked Tina Turner. I liked David Bowie. I got into the hair metal bands. I liked me some glam going later on, get into the glam rock. So Prince fits snugly into my wheelhouse. But it was just fascinating upon his death, finding out how all these people loved Prince, much in the same way how Queen, like all these people that you would think would not like this tiny black man in high heels who was wearing eye makeup and like love him. He like all dudes love Prince. The straightest straight man will like love him some Prince. Mm hmm. And I guess it's just that rock star, like Prince was just so talented that people just loved his music. And you know what? I feel like he was just authentic. And so it wasn't like he was trying to be cool like that. He, he was short and he wore heels and somehow he just made it work because it wasn't like he was trying to hide anything or he was just who he was. And in 1984, there was a huge... Um, anti-gay climate. So, um, yeah, he was able to do what other people would perceive as looking gay, but, um, and, and like you said, people loved him without that judgment, which yeah. is great. And he didn't even, I mean, he was like married and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if later it came out that he had been with men as well, but I don't think any of us would be shocked, but from all I could tell, but then people loved Queen and Freddie Mercury yeah. and people loved um, George Michael. Yeah. Like people have always loved gay people. It's it's the same way with the, like, um, you know, with like um, minorities and black actors and stuff. It's like, they're not gay. Like Freddie Mercury wasn't gay. He was Freddie Mercury. Right. You know, right. to them. Like that right. whole scene and do the right thing and stuff where he's like, you know, he's not black. He's, he's Sammy Davis Jr. Right. Like, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Yes. Well, Apollonia was teary when he was singing, baby, 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 is it him or is it me? And so after the gig, <laughs> so cool, <laughs> they go, uh, he goes to the alley to get his purple motorcycle. He gets on the bike. She... I did like the scene where she, where he was coming down the fire escape. Yes. And it was shot from below. Mm -hmm. I, I liked that. It was shot very well. The, the editing. Okay. Well, they get to his house. It's a, it's a thing. Are you going to go to my house? You're going to go to your house. She rented a really nasty little room, mm -hmm. but he still lives at home with his parents. And his parents are very volatile. Well, they get home and his parents are making out. 
And so with them, I guess it's it's either... And, and he's pouting in his ruffles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, will make, it just makes me laugh because you're, you're just picturing this guy and he's just like, my God, he's riding around Minneapolis on a purple motorcycle in his ruffles and high heels. Like this man is just being his authentic self. I yeah. guess th I guess they did just win win him out. People were just like, look at I him guess. go. So his room is in the cellar. So they go into the cellar and he puts on a tape that sounds um a little um that word isn't there. But um, she says, wow, that's girls having a good time. And he says, well, it's it's a girl crying, but I, I recorded it and then did it backwards. <laughs> so it sounds like she's laughing, but it makes me sad. It sounds like she's having an orgasm, but. It doesn't. <laughs> and so they kiss and then they have sex. Now, do you want the nerd alert now or do you want me to save it for tasty nuggets? You can nerd alert it. Well, they did three versions of this sex tape what? and there was a wait for it there was a g a pg and an r there had even been one with vanity that he did which would have gotten them an x rating <gasps> Prince. but they used the r rating one for the film ah. okay so um Next day, he drops her off, and he says, come see me tonight. And she says, okay, because I have something I have to do today. Um, the girls are practicing, and he's late again. So everybody's left except the two girls, and they're practicing their song. And Prince says, I'm not going to do your stupid music. Well, then Morris Day shows up where Apollonia is and gives her a cassette tape and says, I have a song and dance for you. And she says, oh, wait, the kid is going to help me. And he goes, the kid doesn't help anybody but the kid. Mm. And so she goes and buys the guitar he was window shopping for earlier. And at home, he puts on the girl's tape and he listens to it a little longer this time. Okay, the parents are fighting upstairs. The dad hits the mom. Prince pushes the dad. Um, and the dad is leaving saying, I could make you happy if you just believed in me. I would die for you. And he leaves. Wait, Pop, did you just say I would die for you? Yes. <laughs> and he runs down. With tears in his eyes, he runs down in high heels. And he's like, I got the hook for a new song. Got the hook. Thanks, Dad. Well, Apollonia comes in with the guitar. And so she gives him the guitar and he gives her an earring from his ear. How did, and this, this, where does she get the money to buy this guitar? I was like, Apollonia, this is moving way too fast. Um, At the very, very beginning, she had this like, necklace oh, around that's the ankle right. of her boot. Because that's how they did the cute meet. And he was just, he just walked up to her and he was like, give that to me. And she did. And yes. then he took it and she's like, hey, when am I getting it back? And he's like, you'll get it back later. And he walks off. I was yeah. like, oh, that's okay. Well, this prince, so it is this back. man in a puffy shirt with <laughs> eye makeup batting his, he look at his lashes. 
<laughs> they were probably faked. <laughs> so she pawns that and gets him the guitar. I see. Well, so she's given him this guitar that he was salivating over. He gave her the earring out of his ear. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm going to join Morris's group. And he smacks her. Oh, he gives her the old, uh, I learned this from watching my father. Yeah. Which, okay, we'll talk about it later. Oh, why? Because that didn't age well. (laughs) No. And then, of course, he's immediately sorry. And he goes over to her and, Apollonia, don't I make you happy? Just like the dad had done. Morris doesn't care about you. And she goes, are you jealous? And so she gets up and leaves. And he's like, oh, my God, I hit her. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Lisa and Wendy are practicing. And, of course, he's late again. And when he comes in, he goes, where's everybody else? Well, they left because you're late a freaking again, but the boss wants to see. So the boss says, hey, Morris has this new You're in trouble. Apollonia 6. And that means I got four acts and I only need three. So one's got to go. Which one do you think it's going to be? And I was like, wait, who's the third act here? That's what we never saw. And it's like the Dexter and the modern heirs or something like that decks and something i don't know okay well he gets on his motorcycle at which point when dove's cry plays while he is riding his motorcycle pretty cool Mm -hmm. that is halfway through so i did just write a few more things down but that's when i stopped taking copious notes okay so he comes home he hears his dad playing the piano and he goes down his dad we assumed from what Morris and the agent were saying had been a musician, but he didn't really stick with it or something. And so he's going, dad, I'd love to, I'd love to see your music. And the dad goes, that's the difference between you and me. You have to write your music down. Mine's all in my head. So, um, well, and he had also come home to, didn't he find like his mom got, Oh, he came home and his mom was like blocks away beat up. Yeah. And yeah. so then he went home and yeah. And, and so he's playing and so like, yeah, they have a scene together. And he tried to connect with dad through music and the dad's going, no, I'm so much better than you. I don't even have to talk to you, mm-hmm. but he leaves Prince with these words, never get married. <laughs> well, uh, next scene, Prince is pissed. He's on stage with a greased torso. Yeah. That was gross. It was it. It was a greased, or he was just into his set, and he was sweating. Because you know what, was su- people sweat, ma. Yeah, it was supposed to be sweat, but come on, it looked <laughs> like the grease that you put on uh, bodybuilders before they compete. Well, you know what, it looked like the man just worked up a lather. Okay, I she's know. I've that. I've seen it myself. Then you don't want to see what I look okay. like. Okay, comment. Wouldn't his face have also been sweating then? But it didn't sweat that lace eye mask off. Well. Hello. You know what? I don't, because I don't work out in makeup. What? I I don't work out makeup and I don't wear a wig. So I don't know. If you're wearing a, well, I don't know. I'm, okay, fine. No judgment here. 
<laughs> Morris takes Apollonia to First Avenue because uh, Prince and Apollonia have broken up. And she goes, I don't want to go. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because she knows he's going to be, you know, a little upset if he sees her in the audience. Mm-hmm. Well, he sees her in the audience and he does the number called Come Back Nikki. Oh, he does Darling Nikki. Darling Nikki, which yes. is uh, rather, um, what's the word, Erin? Not promiscuous, a but... raunchy? Well, definitely raunchy, but there's a word for it. Oh, it's like, um, like he's kind of shaming her? He's shaming her, but he's being quite provocative. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, you know, anybody who's listening to Darling Nikki, he's doing Darling Nikki. And yeah. I thought it was interesting that Apollonia instantly was like, he's talking about me, and that she gets mad. Because I'm like... Is excuse me, but is your name Nikki? <laughs> and are you the only hoe he knows? Yeah. Okay. So excuse um, me, what were you doing in the lobby of a hotel with a magazine? Was that you? Because that's the only way it seems like you should get offended by this. Yeah, and if that was you, then you then, deserve to be put on front street. Nikki, you oh. so nobody okay, this this comes up, but um uh, the manager and I think Morris are there and they say like father like son nobody understands your music but you which was true I mean people did not understand Prince's music all the time well at that time though they did like this was like Prince was I mean Prince was Prince I mean his later music yeah yeah, yeah but this I was mean, like was, peak Prince okay. Okay, so that was a foretelling of things to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now they're at the club, The Taste, and the Apollonia Six are singing Sex Shooter. <laughs> there is an unfortunate abuse scene. Um, then at home, his father has a gun, a shot's fired, paramedics come, and they say it was an, a suicide attempt. The mother was distraught. I thought maybe the mother actually shot him. And Prince goes downstairs and destroys everything. Be- that wasn't very convincing. Well, he had to. Dis- he really did destroy everything, though. Yeah. Okay. All and those, all the, the salsa gone. Yeah, the salsa. All was the canned okay. goods gone. It was non-compliant salsa. It could go. Next will be compliant salsa. Mm. So the father did attempt suicide, and then. Um, He finds a trunk full of his father's music. So his father lied. He did write it down. He did write it down. He was just a liar. And then the very last scene, he says, I'm going to dedicate. Oh, (laughs) stay walks by after doing a set first, which was interesting to me. And they're walking by going, "Ah, ah, ah," and let's get crazy. Yeah, they're mocking with let's get crazy. Morris Day walks by and he backs up and goes, Hey, how's the fail? <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. He could that be he could be super funny and then super not good. Yeah. It's it, so bizarre. And so Prince said, I want to dedicate this song to my father. And it's written by Lisa and Wendy. And it is indeed Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. The end. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Two hours of Prince music. Great music. 
Okay, so did you do a POC count? I, I did not. I did roughly. So we had the mom. We had the, that was one. We had the revolution band. That was Wendy and oh, Lisa. Oh, yeah, there were a couple guys in there. Yeah, that, so that, that was four. Uh, Apollonia. I, I kind of put her down. I looked I, at her I hair know. and I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure. But when they were kissing, they were about the same hue. Well, Prince was really light skinned. Well, yeah, Prince was very light skinned. But now, I was felt Prince like she... mixed, or is Prince just light skinned? Well, in in the in the movie, the mother, you didn't know if she was an extremely light skinned woman or if she was. Well, the indeed... first time I thought I saw, I thought she was extremely light skinned. But this, when I saw it yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, she's white. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought, yeah. Which would, of course, make him even more mixed up. Because, you know, mixed kids can't be normal. What are you talking about? <laughs> Aaron, there's something I need to tell you. I guess we shouldn't do it on the podcast. What are you, what are you talking about? What are you implying? Okay, so did you have a final count? Because oh, you couldn't count all the people the, in the audience. No, and then the waitress... And then the three cops who were talking to him. So once I, I wondered, come up, was the waitress was the waitress white though? I thought maybe she. I don't. I know it, it. Yeah, I don't know. It could have gone either way for me. So then, when I counted it up, I came up with ten or more. So okay. that's where people I went. People of whiteness. Yeah. yeah, we we got. And I love that there are some people we don't know. Isn't yeah. that great? It is. It's why Prince's hair. I was always. I was always so baffled by it. And I always paid attention to it ever since my aunt told me that Whitney Houston's hair and I want to dance with somebody was a wig. I was like, what? That's not her hair? And then when I found out that Tina Turner wore wigs, as a little kid, I was like, what? So I've always been fascinated with famous black people's hair. You are that you are not in a minority on that one. Yes, and Prince's hair in particular, because I've always been like, what is its natural texture? Yeah, and I don't know if we ever saw it because then he started wearing the turbans. I think in that old, in that old, I forget what song it is. It's one of his super old songs. Is it? kiss it's before kiss i just know that he his hair i think that was his real hair and it's this he's wearing like all brown and stuff and his hair is kind of it's my color but it's straight so it kind of oh. looked like stacy's hair from that time period i think that was his real hair oh okay but i don't know what happened after it just to let listeners know you never ask, can you touch someone's hair, someone of color? Just don't do it. And don't Also, touch don't, don't touch the hair. Just I mean, don't. it's not an invitation to touch it without asking. <laughs> just, just don't do I was it. told not to ask, that they didn't say anything about touching it. You can touch it if you, if you want to take your life in your own hands. Right. Yes. Okay, we've had our nerd alerts. Are there more? Oh, I have a big nerd alert about just the song Purple Rain. 
It okay. was originally written as a country song to be what? a collaboration with Stevie Nicks. And Prince, Prince played the instrumentation for Stevie Nicks. And he said, I want you to write the lyrics for this. I don't know why my Prince sounded like my Michael Jackson, but it did. I apologize. Well, it's very similar, truth be told. But, but maybe let's let's keep them separate. There's a, there's a documentary coming out this weekend. Let's just keep Prince separate. Let's not lump him in yet. Okay. Um, and Stevie Nicks listened to it, and she was like, "I can't do it. I'm too overwhelmed. <laughs> I no. I'm sorry, Prince. I can't do this." It's too much. Well, who could? I mean, wouldn't you be totally intimidated to even try to do anything? Yeah, but I just think it's it's interesting that it's Stevie Nicks. And you yeah. know what? I mean, we got Purple Rain. So Stevie Nicks is kind of like, you know what, everyone? You're welcome. Instead of getting a mediocre <laughs> Stevie yeah. Nicks song, you got Purple Rain. Yeah. Stevie Nicks might be the unsung hero. Let's let's slaughter into MVP for right now. Let's do. Well done. So he took it to the group, the revolution, and played it for them. And then Wendy started playing along the chords, and it became less and less country. And Prince was like, I like what you're doing there. I like, I like moving it away from being a country tune. And yeah. so... They played it for six hours, and by the end of those six hours, they pretty much had the arrangement done. Wow. And then the lyrics, so they're like, well, what's Purple Rain about? And Prince has this whole thing about it's blood in the sky, because red of the blood plus blue equals technically mm -hmm. violent. But Violet Rain does not have the ring of Purple Rain. No, it doesn't. Because when I went to school and I was in color <laughs> class. I was just thinking of it. Ode to Purple. There was no mention of Purple. Purple was not spoken of. If you were talking about a color that was made from mixing blue and red together, that color was Violet. And nobody ever said, do not say Purple. It was just implied, and it was never mentioned. It was as if purple never existed. That color shall shall not be named. Technically, it's violet, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And each verse of the song corresponds to different strained relationships within the movie. Oh. His vocal range in the song is of a low, his low note is an F3 to the high note of an A5. The song was recorded on August 3rd, 1983 at the First Avenue nightclub. And it was part of a, um, it was a charity event of some sort. And one of like the sound engineers, he was called up. He was like, oh, Prince wants you to record this. And he knew since it was Prince, he was like, you never knew with Prince if he wanted something recorded you didn't know if it was going to be for an album or what it was you just wanted to get it and try to make it be sound the best that it could be uh, there's an extra verse about money that was taken out when the song was done prince called jonathan kane from journey to and played the song for him because he wanted to know if it sounded too much like faithfully and oh. jonathan kane was like no nah, man 
No, I mean, all it has in common is those four chords. That's it. You're good. I think this is going to be a hit. I think you're a very classy guy for calling me and good luck yeah, with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so he said, no, he could have easily been like, oh my God, this song's amazing. You totally ripped me off. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, he was like, no, oh, have at it. Huh. All righty then. Mm-hmm. Is, do you have any more nerd alerts? I have, I guess maybe like a, a nerd um, not like a nerd alert, but just something that I was just thinking about when I was watching the film. Oh, this could be scary. <laughs> We're in Aaron's brain. I guess it would be called Aaron's brain. Aaron's brain functions. I thought a lot about A Star is Born, the new one with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Really? And this movie. Um, okay, I can see that. Because like Prince was a pretty big pop star at the time. Yeah. I mean, he would still go on yeah. to become more famous, especially after Purple Rain. But he had already had some hits out there. Mm-hmm. And so, but this was his first acting, as it was for Lady Gaga. Um, True. I feel like, like Lady Gaga definitely got a better director... And there was more money put into it um, for A Star is Born. Mm -hmm. But I also felt that it was, and then Bradley Cooper's character, just, I I don't know, there was just a lot of it. And then also, like, at the end, when his dad shoots himself and he tears up everything, he sees a chalk outline with the outline of the gun, and then it cuts to the rope. Like, there's rope coiled up, and it cuts back mm-hmm. to the gun, cuts back to the rope, and then there's a shot of him hanging. Because he kept hearing you're just like your dad. Yeah. So it was like, am I going to end up like my dad? I'm not going to do the gun, but I could do the rope. Right. And yeah. And the Star is Born, both of those had this huge soundtrack, and Shallow won the Academy Award for Best Song, and Purple Rain won the Academy Award for Best Song. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I just instantly thought of both of these, especially because when yeah. I was like recasting, I was like, oh, well, you could cast Re- Lady Gaga, but she already did it in A Star is Born. Right. True. So, yeah. So that was that. That's true. That's mm-hmm. very true. Okay. Because we do always come around full circle to something we've already done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reheatables. Do you want to hear mine first? Yes, I got a lot. Okay, my reheatable negatives were I just didn't feel the acting was up to. Okay, so we've talked about that yeah. a bit. Nobody's getting any uh, acolytes. No, Academy. no, no, no nominations for acting. I cut Prince the most slack, though, because I didn't think he was horrible. Okay. Um, the abuse just the abuse and the misogyny there was so much misogyny him not listening not even wanting to listen to the the girl's song um the uh jerome throwing the girl in the dumpster at the beginning of it they're just oh nerd alert i was reading an interview with the director and they the misogyny in this they knew about even at the time they were like, yeah, 
there's a lot of misogyny in it. There, the scene where she gets thrown in the dumpster, the first screening they put it in, and it got a laugh because they were worried about it. And they're like, why don't, yeah. you, why don't you take it out? So the second screening, they take it out, and it was nothing. And then I think they had the third screening, and they just got a call from the studio that was like, put it, put it back in. So they Let's put get it a laugh yeah. at a yeah. woman's expense. Okay, well, those are my negatives. The acting, the abuse, the misogyny. Oh. Okay, my my um, good reheatables are the obviously the music. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Go. All right. My bad, my worst reheatables, yeah, the misogyny... Um, the how Morris Day could be so good and then so bad within just like within a second. To me, Morris Day, the bad so overshadowed the good that I didn't really notice that much the good. Yeah. Um, the editing. There were some things where the, just the editing and the sound. I was just like, ah, oh, this. Okay, you could. I could kind of tell because it, the there was some stuff where it was just a lack of finances. Well, well, uh, some of my research said you could actually see some of the the crew in some of the shots. Well, that goes to one of my worst reheatables. That's because Prince is wearing these huge ass round uh, mirror sunglasses that oh, did not so- age well whatsoever. Yeah, What's, that's true. Here, he, <laughs> oh, sunglasses and especially shiny sunglasses are the worst to film with people because yeah, instant bet. they're reflecting the camera that is right in front of the person. I yeah. can't be sure that that's what happened. I just hated his sunglasses. I I just why couldn't they just be aviators? Why did they have to be so round and so huge? I uh, but it was Prince, so it's it's just a nitpick, I guess. Yeah. The look he was going for. My best. So my best reheatables is Prince and how even dudes love Prince, even though he's wearing these high heels and tight pants. Eyeliner. I actually said one of the best reheatables was the cycle of violence and domestic violence. How he saw his father hit his mother. And so then he didn't even blink an eye to hit a woman. Because that's what he had seen. Which is so weird to me because he saw the aftermath of that. But that's what and happens. That's I know. life. I know. Even though he's there, you know, picking the lump of a mother up and, oh, that's so bad. And, yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the cycle of violence. It's mm-hmm. a cycle and it, that's, I'm like, yep, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, I loved Morris Day getting into his car. He did this thing for no apparent reason <laughs> where he just takes his coat, wraps it around, and dips his shoulder, and runs in. That was funny. I loved it. I was like, why? It's hilarious, though. Um, it was funny. And then it was when, an Aaron move, truth be Then told. there's a, a move by Prince. He's just seen his mother blocks away, beat up, and he runs in. And he's looking, and he's like, where are you, motherfucker? And he gets into the hallway, and he's like, where are you, motherfucker? And he does this spin move that was so Prince that I was like, I just busted out laughing. 
right. I don't think it was meant to to laugh, but I was like, my God, so. the way he spinned in that move, it was just, it's just print. It's like you can't, he can't turn off the princeness. He's just, yeah, that's true. He's just, he's even, he's so angry. He does a perfect spin turn. I'm the like, perfect it, pirouette. Exactly. The prince pirouette. I can't stop myself. He, he, yeah. And that brings me to the thing that also aged the best is just his, he, just how athletic he is doing all these moves and stuff. Yeah, that's true. And then that I picture true. him playing basketball going blouses, like in that famous <laughs> Chappelle sketch. And I'm like, man, he was just that little dude that could do anything. It was just all like little muscle and could... You could probably like dunk and stuff and just yeah. like ridiculous. And that's why people were like, you can do these moves and these heels. You know what? Like any dude would have to be like, nah, man. Yo, you cool, man. Wow. He could probably have played basketball in heels. He probably did. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my reheatables. Okay. My MVP I, I I think my favorite song of his is When Doves Cry. Oh, of all Prince songs, you're well, with When Doves Cry? I don't know. I really liked it. That, no, I, that's a good song. I had no idea. And then at the end, Purple Rain, because it he was acknowledging the girls and their songwriting ability and, you know, like it comes around to where he is less misogynistic. And plus, like, Purple Rain is a barn burner. Yeah, it is. Nerd Alert is also the last song he ever played live. Really? I did Yeah, because he closed, he closed most of his shows with it, and his last show he played in Atlanta the week before he died. Mm. I have three, three MVPs. Okay. So mine are the Prince songs, so I'll list them. Yeah, Let's Go Crazy... When Doves Cry, Purple Rain, I Would Die For You. And also, I think one of the most underrated Prince songs, Baby I'm a Star. I mean, don't get catch me listening to that. You will not be able to stop these shoulders from moving. <laughs> you might not know it now. I'm just And like, those are some shoulders. Oh, I, they get my shoulders get moving on that. Alrighty then. My other two MVPs. The production designer, Ward Preston, and the set decorator, Anne McCulley. I noticed that, like, the sets and stuff, especially his house, they did a fantastic job. Because this movie doesn't have a lot of money, but yet, like, his basement, there was always stuff in the background, little things. Was there was so always, like, a light. There, like, I remember watching it some in the hallway. It's in the basement. There's a light, and there was just a picture frame hanging from the light. And it was just weird, but yet it was. It just looked cool, and so it made the background look cool. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man. And those, those the, and the masks and the painted faced dolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just every, like, the, it just made the frame. Every, the frame in this just always looked full, and there was always stuff in the dressing rooms and stuff. That's true. So I was like, oh, that, that those guys, you did a good job. So those were my MVPs. Excellent. Okay, well, I'm going to go with my sexism cast. Oh, Okay. Okay, so we had so much misogyny, I went the opposite direction. Oh, good. I did. I 
I did three casts, but okay, go ahead. Okay, so my prince is Miley Cyrus. That's so interesting, Ma. That's very interesting. My Morris Day is Rihanna. Oh. Mm-hmm. My Jerome, who, you know, just took care of Morris Day, it, but but he, he had an edge to him, Rebel Wilson. So it's Rebel Wilson is the Jerome to Rihanna. Yes. I like this. And Apollonia is Darren Chris. Darren Chris was the guy mm-hmm. who played Andrew Cunanan in Versace. Okay. I, yeah. Because Miley, Andriana, and Darren Chris can all sing too. Yes, that is true. Thank you. You're welcome. I am done. That's it? I didn't do I didn't do anybody else. All right. I did three casts. I all did right. like a, I did like a true like oh we're doing this in this time now. I did my I guess I'll call it my misogynist cast. Although I was only able to get two. I got stumped on one of them. And then I did like an all-time cast. Okay. But I only did like for most of them I only did 3. The the so this yeah. of the time this now I had the kid as Bruno Mars. Oh. I had Morris Day as Neo. Okay. That R&B singer guy. I have yeah. Apollonia as Cardi B. <gasps> oh, I like it. I have Halle Berry as the mom. Yeah, we saw she could do that. She won her Oscar and I have okay. Lawrence Fishburne as the dad. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, if you can't have Clarence William the third, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. So then for I just had for my uh misogyny cast as the kid, there's this rapper slash singer who is fantastic and she's going to be a big time star because she can sing and she can rap. She was from Detroit, but she did moved to Minneapolis so she has like the Minneapolis ties as well and her name is Lizzo L-I-Z-Z-O did that almost remind you of your mommy yeah it did Yeah. so I was like oh yeah Lizzo and so then as the Morris Day character I cast Miley Cyrus yeah I could see that because I thought Miley Cyrus was way more fun being Morris Day but then I got stumped on my Apollonia Cause I was like, well, who can sing good? And then actually though, I knew who, unfortunately for, for like events, the guy that would be a really good, um, the kid for a purple rain remake is probably going to get canceled by society. But you know, it's, uh, what's his face that was in the news. R. Kelly? No. Oh, thank God. Um, Smollett. Jussie Smollett. Yeah. Because I was thinking. Because he's so mopey and stuff. I was thinking Apollonia could be a woman. It could be a same-sex situation going on, too. I was thinking that, too, but I just couldn't. I, I was just drawing a blank. Yeah. 
because then I I have my all time cast. So I had these the top three people. So picture the kid as James Brown. Oh yeah. And then picture Morris Day as Little Richard. Wow. And then picture Apollonia as Diana Ross. Wow. Right? Yeah. And then I just had like, baby, I'm a star in my head. And I, that's yeah. why I couldn't go back to, to round out that other cast. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, wow, James Brown, Little Richard, who, by the way, is still alive, I believe. Wow. And I thought a lot about Little Richard while I was watching Prince also yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I was like, he, he took a lot of Little Richard as well. Yeah. And, like, and, a, a, and a lot of Little Richard then made it be easier to be Prince than, you know, if there had not been a Little Richard too. I know. And Little Richard has survived them all. Mm-hmm. He's like, is Little Richard the Keith Richards? Of black music stars? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to, to besmirch Little Richard and assume that he had like a horrible drug problem or yeah. anything. I'm yeah. merely saying that all these guys have come and gone. And yet Little Richard. Just go with that. All these people have come and gone. And yet but, Little yeah. Richard lives. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. I did start with my prince being Kristen Stewart. because she's so mopey yes so moody and yeah yeah that's funny okay well i have tasty nuggets okay oh i already told you that the wendy lisa kiss was deleted Mm -hmm. uh this was loosely based on his life so did he have input with the writers he did. I was reading an interview with, um, oh, what's his face? The director, Mag- Magnoli. Magnoli? Yeah. That, um, so this was Magnoli's first film. And everybody was like, how did you get to be this? Oh. And they had the script. And the script that was written by that, the guy that did, a, like, Gunsmoke and all those TV things, he was going around and he was trying to get it, um, directors attached to it and all the a-list b-list c-list directors they didn't have anything to do with it and this magnoli guy was working with somebody else he was like an assistant or something to this other guy who actually had the script and he passed on it because he was like no i don't want to do this 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 sounds horrible and so he asked if he could read it and so he he read the script and somehow he met with Prince's because the it was produced by Prince's managers. And so I think somehow he got he got to meet with them and he said, the reason why you guys can't get because they were frustrated. They're like, how come we can't get any of these big time directors? And this guy comes in and he's like, look, the reason you can't get any of these directors is because there's a problem with the script. Like your story's wrong. And so he tells them what's wrong with it. He basically says you know, your story should be about this. It should be about, you know, the, like, what are these guys doing and stuff? And so he was able to kind of finagle himself into it, and they sent him to go 
meet with he was like well why don't you send me to minneapolis so i can interview these kids and like i can probably find a story there so he goes and he meets with them and he meets with prince and he's driving they're driving and stuff and he was just like he was able to get prince to talk to him and tell him about like his dad and stuff and he was like oh you know did your dad hit you and he was like yeah and then he was asking him like, Oh, well, how did you envision the songs and stuff? And so they just kind of, this guy was able to say like, Oh, well, no, this is what your story is about. Your story is really about this guy who once he gets on stage, he's that's where he's free. But all the songs, cause Prince came in with like a hundred songs mm. for this. And he said, I wanted it to be musical numbers because you're freaking Prince and you're amazing. But, the songs have to deal with something that ties into the story. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's how they were able to do that. And he was basically able to talk himself into doing it. And people liked his direction and how he was able to like pare down the story. And it's like, yeah, it's about this kid and you know, he's trying to be this star. But then when he goes home, he has to deal with this abusive family. And then his music and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. This was the first time that I thought to go with. I always Google like Purple Rain trivia, and I get trivia. And this was the first time I thought to go with Purple Rain gossip. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. And so I got that uh, when the when Clarence Williams the third was playing the piano. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after he beat up his wife, that was actually Prince playing the piano. I believe that. Um, and that Morris Day had such a drug problem during the filming of this. Oh. They would have to go to his room, get him upright, throw him on on the soundstage and do his part. Well, I mean, that makes sense now. That makes sense with the off-again, on-again performance. Yeah, he had no idea what he was doing. I also, from the trivia, it said the prince actually treated Wendy and Lisa in real life pretty much like he did in the movie. But you had a different take on that. Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, both things can be true. He could have been you know, relatively cold to them and still collaborate on music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Prince would not let weird Al parody any of his music, <laughs> which I, I think that's an okay thing. At the time of the filming, Apollonia was actually dating David Lee Roth. Oh, interesting. Prince made her break up with him so that it could look like the two of them were actually involved through the making of the movie so that that would help sell more tickets. Well, I mean, that's a, that's an old tried and true Hollywood technique right there. Yeah, definitely. I also have, this was the pre-internet days Mm -hmm. where uh, the musician's reputation was in the hands of the uh, big wig marketers and orchestrated, they had orchestrated interviews and everything. So everything was handled 
So no matter what his sexual preference was, I felt like that's why, you know, they had the Apollonia angle, the whole thing so that, yeah, they're seeing each other. They're actually dating in real life. So there's nothing else to this story. But even after, I never heard that about Prince. I know. I think Prince was just... Prince? Yeah. Untouchable. Like OJ thought he was. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you're not, you're, I'm not black, I'm OJ. It's, I'm Prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. So the it was produced by Prince's manager's Prince developed the idea during the 1999 tour. Uh, Jennifer Beals turned down the role of Apollonia to concentrate on college. Yeah, because she had done flash dance, so they thought that she would be good for Apollonia. And Prince has a type. Apollonia, mm-hmm. Vanity, Jennifer Beals. <laughs> Prince's type is women who look like Prince. <laughs> and... <laughs> They've they've had a whole lot of waxing done. I'm just saying. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe Prince maybe did too. Maybe he did as well. It would only be fair that he get his hairs ripped out. The dub- Warner Brothers considered the film outrageous, but the music PR man Howard Bloom he advocated for it. <laughs> Warner Brothers were like, "What is this?" Yeah. Um. First. I mean, Warner Brothers. You really don't think of this coming from Warner Brothers. Well, and then remember, Prince had a, a yeah. fight with Warner Brothers where he would go yeah. on and do interviews with slave written on his face. Yeah. Um, First Avenue Club was paid $100,000 and it was closed for 25 days. The Huntington Hotel that Apollonia stayed in, that was actually in Los Angeles. Oh. It won Best Original Score and... Um. Hmm. Yeah, I already said the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. Well, that was my curveball. I liked it. I'm glad you I, picked it. I didn't think Aaron would ever think that I would pick Purple Rain. Nope. And you're never going to pick what I selected for next week now I do want to give our listeners a two weeks head notice next week is Aaron's pick and then the next week one of our very dearest listeners is going to get to do her favorite movie and she's going to get to come on the podcast yes listeners if you get in touch with us and share your favorite movie you too might be able to be a guest podcaster with us and when you hear us translate that in your mind to ma don't come at me with anything don't tell me what to do (laughs) okay so next week it is march okay that doesn't have anything to do with my pick okay you have any you have any maybe it does though march is women's history month is it not well, I'm sure there are a lot more days in March than February, so let's give it to women <laughs> instead of black people. Well, as a black Speaking woman, week, I'm gonna I'm my... gonna take I'm gonna take it as a win. <laughs> okay, on my way, uh, um, went on my flight home from Cincinnati yesterday, 
there was a Tuskegee Airmen. There aren't many of them left. So it was lovely to share the flight. And it was a safe flight because, you know, who's going to take down a Tuskegee Airmen? If anything happens, he'll jump on the controls. No, he won't. <laughs> well, he might take his walker up there and they'd, they'd get him on the controls. What are you whippersnappers doing up here? That's right. Okay. So, any clues? Well, it is, um, it, it's, it's going back in the day. We're going back. Going back. We're going back in the time back, machine. Back to our roots. It, we were classic it, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It features a prominent woman in her Academy. Oh, I don't know. I know she won an Academy Award for this role. And, and you know what? It falls in. It's Women's History Month. It's one of the all-time great leading ladies. Okay, so. Of yesteryear. Uh, Betty Davis? Yeah, how did you know? Because uh, she's one of the all-time greats. Okay, so, but there are many to choose from, and I'm not sure which one she did and didn't win an Oscar for. Okay. Well, all about Eve. No. Okay. I mean, she might have won an Oscar for it, right? but this it's not the movie. Okay. I went older. Okay. 1938. 1938. Even I wasn't born. Even the WW2 hadn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. I told you we went, we're going back. I love it. So it'll be a black and white. Yeah. It might, it's probably going to be highly problematic. I hope there's blackface in it. There so might I'm be. Not, there might be. Just so I'm not the one who always picks a blackface. This was, stuff. this was the conciliatory role. I, I might get, have gotten that wrong, but Betty Davis did not get Scarlett O'Hare in uh, Gone with the Wind. No, because she, she got, wasn't Scarlett O'Hare. She got this role instead. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. All right, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. She won the Academy Award. And she's Betty Davis. Let's just see what happens. Okay, so what is it? It's Jezebel. <gasps> is that J-E-Z-Z? J-E-Z-E-B-E-L. Wow, I've never seen it. I think she's playing a southern woman of some sort. So oh, yes. Yes. Oh, we can be outraged. Oh, <laughs> the reheatables will be great. Oh, you know what? The best reheatable already marked down for Betty Davis's eyes. Already. Yeah. There was that song, Betty Davis Eyes. Yep. That was from the 80s. That was. Jezebel, how exciting. Mm -hmm. I love it when we do something that I heard of but have never seen. I've never seen it either. And I'm like, you know what? Let me see what this Betty Davis won the Oscar for. Yeah. Because she she lost a lot of Oscars that people thought she should have won. Yes. She is. She Well, she already won in 38, so she's not the Glenn Close. Glenn Close, the Susan Lucci of the Academy Awards? Glenn Close, who did she cross in her career? I don't know. 
Ooh, wow. I don't think she so much crossed people as Olivia Coleman just charmed the pants off everyone. Oh, but Olivia Coleman. I did we not call Olivia Coleman's greatness yes. with Broadchurch? Were we not like Yes. This woman is fantastic. And then in this, she was so perfect and in such a flawed character. And she guys, she's gonna be in the crown. She, I just love her. I can, I can watch, you know, I say I can watch anything she was in, but there was something on BBC <laughs> she was in and I actually had to turn it she off. She stood up and she was like, but I can't watch this. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, excellent. Okay. Betty Davis, Jezebel next week. I even think Henry Fonda might be in it, but I don't know. I, you know, you know how I panic. With, I was like, oh, crap, I have to pick a movie. In fact, I was waiting for the panic in Aaron's <laughs> voice that I sometimes hear or just the, the, um, uh, I, to I tune out. <laughs> yeah. The blank, um, response coming from her when I know she's, oh my God, it's next week. I have to pick a movie. <laughs> so I was, I'm impressed that you had done that ahead of time. Mm hmm right before I was like, I made my drink and I said, oh, I have to pick a movie. Oh shit. I'm next week. It is such a relief when it's not your week. It is. The next movie. It's like, it's like doing the podcast on vacation. <laughs> okay. Listeners next week, Jezebel. It's going to be a good one. Oh man. I, I really hope that Betty Davis does not in blackface. I really Those hope. Those bug eyes? Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh. Oh, Uncle Ben, I see it. So okay, horrible. listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.